to another edition of the PHNX Feedback Podcast right here on PHNX. We have a full crew here, full house, uh, all, the, all the gangs here. I am your former mayor of PHNX, occasionally known as Derek Montia. This guy next to me, he's the heartthrob, the MVP, uh, whatever else we call him, Mr. Electric, <laughs> Sean DePaz. And it's your thunderstick, and he's still somehow somebody's vice mayor, Jesse Friedman. <laughs> Don't you love how we had this dramatic entrance for Sean as part of the show? And then he just yeah, left, just left and immediately. Then he was just I mean, gone. He also left immediately. <laughs> you guys both on the show. Yeah, I, did, I, I, I was already people here. Leaving. That's true. I don't care. You both abandoned me. I thought I had a crew. I thought I was solid. And then next thing you know, I'm, I'm doing shows with Jacob. What happened there? Also, the heartthrob is new. That's new? I kind of like it. You like that? Well, you like he, you are responsible for uh, basically addressing all international sex symbols yes, true. on this show. He's very mad about Scott us McGuff. giving that to Scott McGuff, but we'll talk about that. Uh, but we have more important, more exciting things to talk about. And that is because we are joined today by a very special guest, uh, Jill Guerin from the Vasily Rawhide is joining us. Jill, thank you for, for being here with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey, I mean, we uh, we we are big fans, and of course, we have uh, uh, really enjoyed keeping it up, uh, keeping up to date with the Diamondbacks minor league system because it's been very very exciting. But uh, I know this might be a cheesy question. I know this might be something that everybody kind of in baseball gets because I know we all have our moment of when we kind of fell in love with baseball. But can you pinpoint your moment as to when you wanted to do this as a career, when you wanted to be a part of baseball and and broadcast like you do? Baseball has always been a huge part of my life. I played softball growing up, played softball through college. But in terms of wanting to broadcast, I was 12 years old, interested in sports, talking with the middle school boys about sports. And they told me, girls don't know about sports. You're not supposed (laughs) to like that. I went home, complained to my mom, and she said, Jill, you don't shut up and you like sports. Go into broadcasting. And here we are. I love that. I love that. Not shutting up is a big. Not shutting up. Not shutting up is a big key there. We love that. <laughs> big part of it. Uh, <laughs> spe- speaking of, uh, I want to ask you, Jill, about uh, the pitch clock and how obviously that's now made its way up to the major leagues. But I know uh, I've talked to a number of people who do what you do, uh, who call play-by-play for baseball games, and it seems like the pitch clock has very much changed the game. You don't have nearly as much time. Uh, you know, between pitches to tell stories and whatnot. Maybe in some ways that's helpful. You don't have quite as much space to fill. You can kind of just talk about the game. Uh, but what has it been like just navigating this this new age of baseball that we're in right now? It's funny that you mentioned that because in 2019, we didn't have the pitch clock. And the one thing I really wanted to focus on in my next season was bringing in stories, having time to talk about these guys. Well, the pitch clock has kind of prevented that, like you said. So, <laughs> It does make it difficult because I I know these guys on a very personal level. I want to tell their stories, but I'm just not able to all the time. So <laughs> I've definitely found myself telling a story and then all of a sudden three interesting plays happen really quick and I have to go back. So remember when I was telling you about Christian Robinson? Okay, let's go back to yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a little bit awkward, but I think it's actually allowed me to show my personality more and say, okay, I know this is awkward, but we're going to go back to finish this. Yeah. And I think people like that. I, I, I think people understand. Um, and, and they kind of like when, when broadcasters aren't perfect, but they're, they're human, you know? And I think that's something that, that is, is very appealing when, when I listen to games. I mean, uh, we know, we know it's a hard job and we know you guys don't have all that time to tell the stories, but we do appreciate when you kind of, uh, fill us in on, on, on things we don't know about these guys. Yeah, I, I, one thing I was curious about um, is you mentioned that you played softball in college. What was kind of that like tr- transition from having? I mean, you mentioned you were always into baseball, but from, from playing softball to then calling 
obviously a similar sport, but a very different sport in a lot of ways. Baseball was that was there any like difficulty in that transition or did that come like just really naturally to you? It felt natural. I think the big part was that I needed to feel like I was a part of a team. I've been a part of a team since I was six years old. And in college, you become a family. So all of a sudden, having that stripped that away from me as an athlete was really difficult mentally. And then walking into Visalia 2019, these guys kind of took me under their wing like their little sister because I was only 22 at the time. So I think it was pretty easy, but I actually felt like having my playing experience gained me more respect from these guys. Because they said, okay, she gets it. She gets the mental difficulties of the sport. I don't know the professional difficulties, but I get that this sport is very hard. Mm-hmm. Well, we know you have had a chance to call a couple of Diamondbacks games. We know last year you had the, the D-backs broadcast game, and then this year you got a chance to do uh, some of the spring training games. What what was that opportunity like, and was that something that felt very natural, obviously, with with you know you you doing this for the ride? It's funny. I was more nervous for the spring training game than I was (laughs) for the Dodger game because that one was just three innings. Okay, you know you can get through three innings and be decent. The spring training was, oh, God, I have to do this for nine innings, and I have to do it with an analyst that I'm not used to having an analyst. So I was more nervous for that. And also spring training, there's so many different stories you try to talk about, and there's not as much staff. and. It doesn't matter as much or whatever. So I was more concerned about that. But the Dodger Stadium experience was actually, I don't want to say easy, but it felt comfortable, especially because that first pitch was a home run hit by Dalton Varsho. And it kind of kicked (laughs) me back into reality saying, all right, it's baseball. You know how to do this. You've done it a million times. What did you think after the spring training game, though? Did you kind of feel like the nerves... Uh, like, did, like, did you feel comfortable after the game was over? Or what were your thoughts on how you did for that game? I think I did okay. I, to be honest with you, I was sick that day. Like, my uh, Oh, no. I was going to the bathroom and, like, coughing up a lung. And I just <laughs> wanted the game to be over. Um, but I, I felt good. You know, it's I do love the Diamondbacks organization. I've been a part of it for a long time now. Yeah. And it's been fun to see the guys that I've broadcasted for years ago now in the majors or in Reno. Jill, I want to ask you about a, a player that Diamondbacks fans are are especially interested in right now, Christian Robinson making his return to minor league baseball after almost four years. Uh, you're one of few people who have gotten to see him play in person. Uh, what have you seen from him uh, both on the field and maybe off the field with just kind of what it's been like for him getting back into the sport he loves? He's awesome. I remember the first time I met him was in Lake Elsinore, so about eight days ago now. And I introduced myself, said, you know, you're probably going to have some interview requests. Just let me know if you need anything. And he just has this huge smile on his face where you can just (laughs) tell he's excited to be back. Because, you know, baseball was taken away from him for a little while. And that's really difficult when it's not only your job, but the only thing you've put that much effort into your whole life. So being able to see him be happy and excited and the fact that he wants to talk about mental health and I think he's really going to come into his own again he's only 22 years old he has so yeah. much more to learn on the baseball side and about himself and we've talked about him quite a bit on this show and the one thing that we've talked about is just the Diamondbacks sticking by him throughout this and you know this this could have been a, a career-ending situation for 
a lot of players. And and we're just very thankful that he was able to work his way through it. Uh, and and honestly, like when you look at this, the what what he's gone through, it's kind of the way that people have been understanding of what he went through and are willing to try to help him get back on track. But he just seems so grateful and thankful that he gets to play this sport that he loves. And like that part, it's just it's just such a wonderful story for someone uh, that that has has gone through something that's as difficult as that and and to make it out on the other side and to be back with the organization but because of how long it's taken it's it's hard to remember sometimes that he's only 22 years old and that he still has a very bright future ahead of him you know definitely i think he it seems like he hasn't missed a beat at all I, he struck out a few times yesterday but he's hitting the ball well for me i think he seems really comfortable at the plate I actually want to see him get a little bit better at reading the ball in the outfield. I feel like he's still a little bit delayed on that first quick yeah. step. But again, that's he hasn't seen a ball off the bat <laughs> other than maybe BP. Right. Right. Um, another guy that D-backs fans are, are quite excited about, uh, Drew Jones. Um, what did you see from him in like his, his first taste of, of pro ball? And then I guess on the other hand of that, like what can you kind of tell us about his injury? Right. I do know that he's been playing in the ACL, but he's not running just yet. He posted some videos of him like fake jogging where he probably could have legged a triple out, but he ended up being on first base. Um, (laughs) But he's he's the real deal in terms of his defense is like he could be the starting center fielder for the Diamondbacks right now. That's how good his defense is. His arm is great. He's fast. He has good read on the ball. His hitting is going to be what takes a little while to just get more comfortable, become more consistent. But again, he was in high school, in high school in Georgia. I don't know how fast they throw, but it's not as fast as what you see here in Visalia. Yeah. So it's going to take a little while for yeah. that to come together. Uh, is there anybody that like Diamondbacks fans don't really know? Is there a name that isn't, you know, like the the the. Uh, Drew Jones and, and some of the bigger names uh, as far as prospects in the system that that we should be aware of. Is there anyone that like kind of has impressed you in Vesalia? It's such a tough question because these guys are so young. It's yeah. more about I can see that they're really good at this, but they haven't figured out the mental aspect of the game. Um, I think one guy, he is a top prospect, so people kind of know about him, is Manuel yeah. Pena. He, oh, yeah is very smart. He's only 19 years old and he understands his role as a player. And I'm excited to see his maturity continue and translate to his actual play, not just his mental game. Another guy is Anderson Rojas. He's been our left fielder recently and he also can play middle infield, but he's only been in the outfield and he's also only 19. He knows his job. He knows it's fast, and he knows he's not going to hit a lot of home runs. He always has at least one bunt attempt every single game. He just <laughs> has a good head on his shoulders, and he's really athletic. You could throw him anywhere. He'll be fine. Last thing last thing for me, Jill. Uh, I don't believe he's not with the Rawhide at this point, but I know you got to see Yumin Lin uh, get his first taste of pro ball last season. and. I haven't gotten a chance to see him pitch in in person like you have, but from what I've heard, he has like 26 pitches and can throw them all for strikes. And, uh, you know, uh, people are kind of dreaming on on the pitcher that he could become someday for this organization. What did you see from him last year? And, you know, what are what are the things that Diamondbacks fans should be aware of when it comes to him? Right. I think I only saw him maybe five or six starts. He came kind of late in the season. Yeah. But 
I remember he had a lot of strikeouts one game. Um, like you said, he has so many different types of pitches where, okay, let's say he has a curveball, but he has like three different types of curveballs. He can control it so well where he knows how to make it have different spin, whether it's going on the inside part of the plate, the outside part of the plate, very outside. It's because of his able to locate, he has that many pitches. And I don't really know what else he needs to improve on, except just continue to keep pitching. I don't know what exactly he needs to work on. He looks great to me. <laughs> You got anything else? All right. Well, Jill, we thank you so much for your time. And we are very excited to see not only you guys uh, continue uh, to put on a wonderful show there in Rawhide, but uh, some of these some of these youngsters uh, make their way up through the minor league system. I feel like that's got to be kind of the most fulfilling part for you is to see these guys at the level you see them and to see them go on uh, to to reach the success that, that some of them have. Absolutely. It's funny. People say your dream is to call a major league baseball game, right? And I said, yeah, of course, I have things on my bucket list. One thing on my bucket list is actually to call a game where one of the players that I know from minor league baseball makes their MLB debut. I think mm-hmm. that would be a cherry on top for my career. Yeah, that's incredible. And it's it's just something that's so unique in baseball that you don't really get uh, elsewhere when it comes to like those young players making eventually getting to that point where they make that major league debut. So but we thank you so much. We've we've really enjoyed listening to you and, and we wish you the best down there in Visalia. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jill. Thanks. Well, that's always fun. And I mean, that's uh, the the minor league system, again, is so important to this organization because uh, that's how they've reached this point of success that they're at now. And honestly, that's the only way that the Diamondbacks are going to be competitive is for uh, for for those players that are coming up now through Visalia and through some of these other minor league teams to to be the, the key to the success in the future. Yeah, she she just gets to see so much cool stuff and I feel like D-backs fans probably keep up on Reno reasonably mm-hmm. well. Like yeah. it's not there's enough content out there. It's reasonably easy to watch the games and I mean you can watch Visalia games too. Uh, but a lot of people just don't have the time to watch yeah. every single minor league game that happens. There's 162 every day. games in the regular season of a major league. It's so hard yeah. to watch anything beyond that, right? But Christian uh, Robinson and Drew Jones though are two of the most exciting yeah. players in yeah. the D-backs farm Absolutely. system right now and uh, Drew Jones, it was just a few games before the quad injury, but uh, he should be back pretty soon, as she was talking about, and Christian Robinson is is out there already. So and that's get out real... to a Visalia Rawhide game, people. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Get out. Christian Robinson really is the wild card there because he's the one that we have no idea how fast he's going to move through the system mm-hmm. at this point of his career. Like, obviously, we know baseball players need to work their way up, and that goes. It, it's it's the same reason why we even see Carson Kelly playing for the Reno Aces last night. Like they have to start at a lower level to kind of get their get their feet underneath them and get back to playing condition before they can, you know, be looking at major league level pitching and, and doing anything against it, right? But yeah. Christian Robinson definitely is interesting as far as when we're going to see him uh, advance, how far he's going to go and how soon until uh, or if we even see him uh, at a major league level. He's a large man. He's a big dude. Yeah. Very, very big dude. I think uh, I think Damon said it yesterday that you could tell in that interview we showed yesterday how big he is just him just sitting down, which <laughs> isn't that's not an easy feat to look big sitting down. But uh, I will say this. Uh, Shane, 
here in the office who is the new mayor of PHNX. He looks very big sitting down, uh, but he also looks very handsome uh, in his pins and aces gear, which is the official apparel partner of the PHNX in all city. Uh, you can check out our podcast, uh, our friends Spencer over at Big Drive Energy, wherever you get your podcast. Big news right now in the golf world with the PGA and live thing happening. A lot of a lot of hypocrisy in the golf world right now, but you don't. You could avoid all that. You can just go play golf and enjoy yourself and have a good time, and don't and free yourself of worrying about all of that that they have going on. Uh, get yourself some pins and aces gear. Uh, we of course get a ton of compliments on ours, and you can too. Uh, it's a family-owned golf and apparel business, and they make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and of course everybody has to have a beer sleeve in their bag. So check out pinsandaces.com and use code PHNX to receive fifteen percent off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Also, check out our friends from Game Time. If you want to have a fun time this summer, go out and see some baseball games. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Uh, both of these fellows will agree. This is where we get all of our tickets mm-hmm. for. I was on Game Time just a little while ago looking for tickets for uh, wrestling in Chicago. So you can get your tickets for anything, shows, concerts, events, doesn't matter, over at Game Time. And the best part is you wait till the last minute. That way you know you're going to go and you get the best ticket deals last minute. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, big thanks to Jill Guerin for joining us. Thank you guys for being here in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed already, please do so. Sign up for notifications. Leave us a, a little like, thumbs up. We appreciate that. If you're listening on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe to us there. Leave us a review. We always appreciate the feedback. The thing we really want you to do, though, is join the PHNX family over here at GoPHNX with a diehard membership. Get yourself a diehard membership today, and it pays for itself right out of the gate. You get yourself a ranch card from Dobson Ranch Golf Course. You get yourself a $50 gift certificate from Mountain Mike's. You get free merch from us at the PHNXLocker.com, as well as 20% off all future orders. If that's not enough, you get Jesse's newsletter, Full Count, and all the writing from all of our writers here at PHNX, as well as access to our members-only Discord lounge, the best place to be an Arizona sports fan, uh, members-only discounts with our partners, members-only uh, invites to events, and members-only merchandise as well. So join us today at gophnx.com. Uh, we love that you guys are part of the family, and we we re- I've tried my best to make my Kazen part of the family. Uh, I say that because I've said I would let my Kazen general manage my life. Right. Just, you know, just 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 the day to day operations like I need a general manager. Right. I mean, it, it, like he, he he basically corrected a lot of problems with this organization, as we talked about yesterday. But you might um, have a lot of left handed hitting outfielders. That's fine. Life. I'm OK with that. As long as they're young and talented, I will have an entire outfield in my life of left handed outfielders. But uh, Mike Hazen appeared on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman on Tuesday. Uh, two gentlemen that don't really know very much about the Arizona Diamondbacks. But uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Joel Sherman. <laughs> and John Heyman cover literally all of everything, Major League everything, Baseball, which and is, it's hard to keep track of everything. They ask some very well-informed questions. It's so difficult. Case. Jesse's defending it, and I'm being <laughs> a terrible person, but he's right. I mean, they did ask some great questions, but there were some very interesting comments from Mike Hazen when it came to uh, the trade deadline, because we know that this team uh, very much looks like they're going to be buyers at the trade deadline, and we kind of have an idea of what the Diamondbacks were going to be uh, in the market for. We know that Pitching still seems to be something that they haven't quite figured out, whereas they are getting lots of contributions from their position players. So really feels like pitching would be the focus. But Mike Hazen did bring up uh, that that might not be all that they're in the market for. Yeah, yeah. We have a clip here from that podcast of Mike Hazen talking about what the Diamondbacks will be looking to add at the trade deadline. Certainly pitching. 
you know, we, we've been playing very dramatic baseball lately. We either win it or lose it in the ninth inning. And that's not a great way for a baseball team to go through life. You know, we would like it to be six to nothing in the seventh inning and then just ease on through the last six out, nine outs of the game. Uh, that has not been happening to us. So we're going to need to address the pitching uh, for sure. I think from a starting depth standpoint, getting through the last four months of the season and or shoring up our bullpen. Um, we play good defense. You know, I, I don't know that our run scoring is going to stay at the clip that is staying at right now, which me, which is going to put more pressure on our pitching staff. And and I, and I think that's an area that almost every contender will probably have to address, but it's certainly one we're going to need to address. And then trying to figure out some way to add a big bat into the lineup, given that, you know, like I said, one through nine, I think we have a fairly consistent lineup with good hitters. We get on base, we can run, we can do some things. I think adding a little bit of slug would also be in our interest. Not exactly sure where we would fit that in, um, but those are probably the two main areas that we're going to need to address going into the deadline. Really? A power <laughs> bat? Really? You don't say? Like maybe a J.D. Martinez that you could have had for just oh, a little bit more money? Than, I'm, I'm sure sorry. the Dodgers would trade J.D. Martinez. Yeah, I'm down point, for right? that. No, but yes, obviously, <laughs> uh, again, like we said there, no surprises when he came out of the gate and said pitching emphatically. But uh, I do like the fact that he describes uh, the, the the team the way he does. Like we we noticed this, right? We It's the reason why we have the bullpen uh, gif that we made. It's the reason why every time – no matter how big their lead is, like he said, it would be nice for the Diamondbacks to have a 6 nothing lead and just to coast through the last nine outs of a game without any drama, without any, you know, it, it, without it being exciting. But that's where we're kind of at right now with this team. Yeah, I mean, from a from a starting pitching perspective, this is something we've talked about a lot. And uh, yeah, the D-backs have two really good starting pitchers and three not so good <laughs> starting pitchers as of this Fair. point in the season. And they've cycled through some some different guys in those spots and haven't really found uh, any options that have proven to be uh, consistent in the rotation at this point. Although Tommy Henry has pitched better of late. Uh, you know, hopefully Zach Davies comes around and starts to look a little more like the pitcher he was last year. It's consistency with the starting rotation yeah, yes. and not to say yeah. it's just with those guys that you can't count on. You just don't know what you're going to get out of them on any given night. The bullpen kind of the same way, right? Like the bullpen can be excellent times like we saw yesterday yeah. and then they can, you know, blow the game like Miguel Castro did against the Braves. Yeah, I mean, that's what, he, that's what he's talking about with the dramatic baseball. Like, yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's fun when you're on the right side of it, but. Yes, you know, you, you'd rather be blowing out teams. You'd, right. rather, you'd rather comfortable wins. Right. Uh, they're, they're on the right side of it more times than yeah. not, but we've also seen them not be yeah. on the and right I mean, side of it. Yeah, I mean, that's not a right? sustainable thing. You saw that with the Marlins at, earlier this year. They were, like, unbelievable in one-run games, and it's like that is not going to be sustainable even sure. if you are on the right side of it most of the time. That's so. a great point. Yeah. But I just also think that, like, I don't know, there's something that, like, it, it, it feels – I feel seen. No, having Mike Hazen say, like, no, this is not how baseball teams should work. Like, yeah. the bullpen <laughs> should be able to make things less exciting when you have a plus three-run lead, you know. But a, a three-run lead does not feel safe currently with this team. So it's good no. to know that that's something yeah. they're going to address. The big surprise there being him bringing up that power bat, right? That's not something that I think we necessarily expected uh, to hear from him. But I don't think he's wrong. I think Christian Walker was our power bat, and Christian Walker really isn't mm -hmm. a power bat this season. I, I'm fine with him being more I mean, productive. Christian Walker is at what twelve home runs? I mean, he's uh, on pace for a thirty homer season. I'm just saying you, just, need, you need forty five from him, Derek, <laughs> correct. in order to be yes, called a I power bat. Well, I mean, Christian Walker's <laughs> been doing a better job at at hitting. He's he's a better hitter than he was last year with all of the you know 
smoked 107 mile per hour exit velos that would go right towards a defender. It feels like he's contributing more, but just not necessarily so uh, one dimensional as far as being a power hitter. Right. Sure. Um, but yeah, I feel like the Diamondbacks really do lack consistency when it comes to power. And I think we've seen, especially that that could be his way of addressing what we talked about, which is late in games. They're just unable to yeah. produce offense. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, I know you're talking about it. But like the question is, who is that power bat? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I, plus, I think from like a fan perspective, like pitchers and all that are fun. But you love I mean, people people dig the long ball like you, you love chicks. Dig a, the a, 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 guy, a guy to show up and, and just start uh, just hitting rockets. Um, but I mean, I. I don't know. I don't know necessarily that the team needs it. It would be nice, no. but that's not. Yeah. It's not their identity at this point. It's, it's they play a different way, and I think it that is part of why this team is so good. Is it makes teams uncomfortable with the way they play, and obviously that doesn't necessarily change just because you add a power bat. But I don't know whether it's necessarily like the most necessary thing, but it, it doesn't hurt, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, clearly Mike Hazen intends on being aggressive, yeah. right? I mean, if if yeah. the D backs went out and got like a legitimate middle of the order type of bat i mean that would be really i mean this lineup is already pretty good like this yeah. lineup is they already get on been, base they you know running runners in scoring position scoring has been a big problem for them scoring late has been a problem yeah. for them and those are the things that could change yeah. with that threat in the lineup yeah it's just like all right well let's let's come up with a list of power bats that are available around the league right now uh, I I started that process earlier today, and uh, did you add any names to your list? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean Elaine Thomas of the of these Washington yeah. Nationals, uh, you know, also on my Diamond Dynasty team. Also on your Diamond Dynasty um, team. He sucks on that. <laughs> uh, Much yeah. better in real life. It's it's hard to say honestly, and and this is part of a larger narrative that we we've, we've touched on a little bit, where it feels like there are so many teams right now that are still in the mix, especially yeah. given expanded playoffs that. Who is actually going to be selling come the trade deadline? I mean, there's really only a handful of teams right now that you could comfortably be called sellers. And a lot of those teams are very bad. And and they're bad because they don't have yeah, players exactly. that teams would be interested right, in. Right. So and and some of the good players that they have, like if you look at the the A's roster or the Nats roster or something, some of the better players they have are are long-term pieces for them. Uh so they're probably not interested in trading those guys anyway at this point. So uh, you know, Mike acknowledged that at, at another point in the interview, he was asked a question about uh, the market in general and if he's a little bit concerned about there just not being enough out there for right. teams that are looking to buy. Uh, and he acknowledged that, yeah, that does seem to be the case. Uh, he also made an interesting comment about how he wonders if that might work in the Diamondbacks' favor. Uh, obviously, there are some teams in this division that tend to be very aggressive at the trade deadline, and maybe those teams won't be able to make the moves that they normally want to make because there's just not going to be a lot out there. Um, but it works in both directions. I mean, that would yeah. that would hurt the Diamondbacks too if they're not able to to add the pieces that they want to add. As far as this power bat is concerned, Mike said there that. Uh, he doesn't know exactly where that would fit in. I'm assuming he's talking about from a position standpoint. Like, yeah. what position does this player play? Yeah, are you going to um, get an outfielder that power bat yeah, or a it, first base power bat? It's it can't really be a first base yeah, thing exactly. because of Christian Walker, unless you played him at DH. But if you play him at DH, then that obviously seals that spot away yeah. from Evan Longoria and Lourdes Gurriel and other guys who have been occupying that spot. But outfielder is pretty much the best thing that I can come up with at this point. Uh, if Kyle Lewis does come back up to the big leagues and and struggles, yeah. then that would be like that Paven Smith, Kyle Lewis extra outfield spot. That would maybe become the spot where it's like, okay, we can upgrade here. 
Um, and, and they could use another another outfielder, right? I mean, you could see on a playoff roster, you would have Corbin Carroll, you'd have Lourdes Gurriel, you'd have, at least as of right now, Jake McCarthy, maybe not Alec Thomas. Um, and there's room to add another, another probably right-handed hitting outfielder into that mix. Uh, but looking around the league at, you know, the options, it's not necessarily not necessarily an inspiring list at this point. Diamondbacks don't need a power bat. They already got one. His name is Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and they lucked out to get him. Man is hitting true. 310 with nine home runs this year, which is, I think, four more than he had all of last season. So there's your power bat right there. Uh, well, no, I mean, all jokes aside, Varsho has been very good. Uh, he is. Uh, you want to trade for Varsho at the trade game. deadline? Is that yes, what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. No, ten game, <laughs> ten game, uh, ten game hitting streak for Varsh. But uh, we talked about how much he contributed to the offense last year and how much losing him both defensively and offensively meant. Um, but he, you know, again, he he was he was a lot of their power. Uh, he drove in a lot of runs for this team. I think the Diamondbacks still though are in a good position, like you said. I I don't feel like it's a necessity. I do feel like trading for some sort of pitching like to bring in at least one pitcher whether it's a starting rotation pitcher whether it is a bullpen arm i think things can shift around once they trade for whoever if it is a starting pitcher but i really feel like that's that's the area to address uh but we'll see what happens and i mean we're going to be talking about it a lot so we'll have plenty of time to speculate on power bats uh and i'm still not i'm still not giving up on the idea of them trading for JD Martinez. Uh, speaking of Lourdes <laughs> Gurriel Jr., yeah. yeah. uh, okay. I don't uh, mean to burst your bubble. Shut up. Don't, but... don't ruin it. Don't ruin this for me. Uh, he remains out of today's lineup uh, with the groin tightness, so Lourdes will not play today. But the entire Arizona Diamondbacks team might not play today because we don't know if today's game is going to be canceled or not. They're looking at canceling some of these East Coast games, including the Yankees game this evening. Uh, this is what Washington, D.C. looks like right now. So things aren't great there. Uh, it is and, the end times. Yeah, it really is the end of times going on up there. So uh, we will we'll keep you posted if anything comes up during the broadcast. It sounds um, like they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be okay. It sounds like New York has it a lot worse yeah, it than does. Washington, yeah. D.C. The, does the pictures of New York are crazy. Yeah, New <laughs> York is New York is just straight orange. This is kind of like a grayish, pinkish <laughs> haze. So uh, D.C. Is in, is in better shape than other places in the Northeast right now. One thing I would say is I feel like this puts the D-backs at a, a, a fast team, a team that likes to be play with speed. Having poor air quality does not help them. No, yeah, no, probably not. That's a great point. That is a great point. Uh, I hope they have their shady rays with them up there is all I can say, because, of course, uh, even though it's not very bright out, maybe that'll help them keep some of that grossness out of their eyes. Uh, shady rays, of course, is gear built to last uh, premium polarized shades, and it's an independent sunglass company with an absolute world class product. Uh, sunglasses are a necessity here in Arizona. Let's not kid ourselves. So if you don't have yourself a great pair of sunglasses, uh, you're not you're not ready to live in Arizona. But uh, they have uh, the craziest uh, lost and broken replacement uh, protection plan you've ever heard of. If you lose or break your uh, sunglasses, even on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. They have your back long after you purchase. So you can shop their entire collection at their brand new location at the Kierlin Commons uh, full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. So 
There you go. Shady Rays. Uh, we could throw shade right now at all of that smoke. Uh, and maybe even throw a little shade at the fact that they're still having that game. I don't know. Uh, I want the players to be okay. But uh, also, double headers to make up games suck. Uh, I will say this, though. No road trips to D.C. It's too far of a drive. Uh, Diamondbacks will be back here, though, soon. And we, of course, we need to go on a road trip. We need to figure out a road trip for the three of us to go on. Uh, of course, we're going to stop by Circle K mostly three just to us. visit yeah <laughs> i'm sick <laughs> damon's gonna be remote uh three, <laughs> Which car? It only holds three people it only holds three people our bag's gotta go somewhere damon we can't okay fit a fourth spot for you the producer i'm in sorry then? you're not gonna be that, that, that was a, a, a derek yeah decision. i really yeah, that was did me unilaterally i'm sorry but we all know derek's the type of guy for like a weekend trip to have four suitcases the way <laughs> no he's absolutely so. right i take a lot of stuff with me and i apologize to whoever gave us a thumbs down for forgetting damon i think it was damon damon low-key <laughs> gave us a thumbs down but uh you give, give a big thumbs up to circle k because we're excited to partner with our friends over there uh check out your local circle k for the best coffee beard snack selection premium gas and of course if you're going on that road trip fill up at circle k uh they have the polar pops that stay cold longer ice cold coffee for a dollar 89 12 packs of beer for just 9.99 and so much more make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff right now text phnx to 31310 to join the sms subscriber club and you'll get a buy one Get one free offer on a 32-ounce Polar Pop. Head to CircleK.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. And, of course, you can pick up wonderful Four Peaks beer at Circle K or wherever you get your beers. Uh, and Four Peaks is the official craft beer of the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, at Chase Field. Hop over to the Four Peaks draft room where we had an absolute blast the other day uh, watching baseball and getting something good to eat. I say we and I pointed these guys and neither one of them oh, were there, <laughs> so I shouldn't have done that. But uh, our takeover events are a blast. Check out the events page in our show notes to find dates and tickets, and we will be meeting at the Four Peaks draft room. We'll also be doing... Uh, Having lots of fun out there. The one of those games is for the throwback jersey, so don't miss that night because you're not going to get into the stadium any easier than with your friends at PHNX. Uh, you can follow uh, Four Peaks online at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks, and please drink responsibly. Check out their Four Peaks for Teachers promotion. Kids are back at home for the summer, so let's thank a teacher. Every year, Four Peaks donates school supplies to teachers around the valley. And school is starting before you know it. My daughter goes back to school on July 31st. That just what? seems criminal. Wow. That is what? her first day of school this year is July 31st. In New York, we went to school like after Labor Day. We went yeah. The second yeah. Week that's, of yeah, that's the way Jeez. it's supposed to work. So school uh, school will be back in session before we know. Hell. Yeah, I know. I, know. I thought that's why we do that here is to keep them out of the heat. But I guess <laughs> I guess I'll, I guess there's no more portables like there were when I was a kid. And I just sit in a lack of air conditioning portable. But uh, make sure to support our friends over at Four Peaks and for the teachers. So check out fourpeaksforteachers.org to nominate donate or reserve uh, a kit for the uh, teachers Tuesdays uh, we got power rankings you guys because today is our our other 1 p.m. show this week uh, we will be doing a post series show tomorrow and Friday so make sure to join us uh, for that but Jesse power rankings time let's go let's do it let's, let's take a let's look at show, what let's show them power rankings no change at the top yeah, it's kind of boring this week, honestly. Uh, the Rays, Rangers, and Astros are still all one, two, three. I got a little bit close to putting the Rangers number one because they're just an absolute madhouse right now. It's they're crazy. 40 and 20. They have the best run differential in baseball, including over the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, but the are Rays, the Rays coming back down to earth? 
You feel uh, like I mean, that? Yeah, sort of. I mean, yeah. they're still they're still playing pretty darn good baseball right now. So the Rays hold on to number one, Rangers number two. I did mix some things up uh, in the middle here. I have the Braves moving up a couple spots uh, to number four. That uh, loss really impacted you, huh? Yeah, I guess, I guess so. Yeah, they, they, well, they beat are the, the D-backs two out of three. They must right. be the best they team in baseball. They must right? be the best team in baseball. Well, they are. Uh, they are argue. They are the best team in the National League as far as record wise. So they do deserve this to be up true. there. Yeah, and then the Orioles. Uh, I know there's still going to be some people who are angry that I have the Orioles at number five. Yeah, uh, think I should have them at least like top three or something. But they've cooled off a little bit of late, and they're still about plus forty on the season. Their run differential really doesn't compare with some of the other top teams in the league. I remain a little bit skeptical of their pitching staff. Uh, rough week for the Dodgers. Uh, they've lost three yeah. games in a row, paving the way for the D-backs to take the lead that in is the right. NL West. They're struggling right now uh, without both Dustin May and Julio Urias. Uh, they don't have maybe quite as much pitching depth as they've had in past years in, in order to weather that storm. Uh, the Yankees, it feels like they've been at number seven for like four weeks in a row. Uh, they stay there. Uh, Pretty sure it's been exactly four weeks. In a row I, I think, yeah, I think I think I'm I'm right on that. It just apparently the Yankees are just by definition the seventh best team in baseball, and the D-backs are pretty much by definition the eighth best team in baseball because they've also sat there uh, for a while. The other thing I don't I'll understand mention, how are the D-backs not above the Dodgers, Jesse? How are the D-backs not above the uh, Dodgers? Or the Yankees? I, I like who is the, the number too. one team in the National League West? Is it the D-backs or the Dodgers? I just want you to answer that question. But, but power rankings are not the same as standings, Derek. Not my I, head. As much as I know it would it would make everyone so happy if I did do that. Oh. Uh, I'm not quite there yet. Uh, the Dodgers are plus 54. I believe the D-backs are plus 24. Uh, and I still think in the long term, once the Dodgers get healthy again, uh, they're going to be in a pretty good spot. Not to say the D-backs couldn't surprise some people and win the NLS, but right now I'm not not betting on that just yet. They're they're definitely going to have to pad that lead. Like they're, the yeah. Diamondbacks yeah. have to take advantage of the easier part of this schedule in June and and do everything they can to take advantage of the Dodgers not playing good baseball right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the only way they can do it. And I know that sounds very desperate, but like they really do need to have a sense of urgency uh, despite this not even being the middle point of the season about about this this part of the schedule I feel like. Yeah. I listen, I would like to see them run away with it obviously, but I wouldn't I wouldn't hate seeing a good old-fashioned race for the division at the end of the year. Like just a good last game of the season type thing who wins the division. My concern with that is like what Jesse said about the Dodgers is I feel like the Dodgers are going to get pieces back. They're going to get Dustin May back. They're going to get Julio Urias back and they're just going to be an extremely good team. And in the meantime, they're going to have figured out ways to win without those guys. Much like what we're seeing with the Texas Rangers. Now the Texas Rangers lose DeGrom uh, for the season and it doesn't feel like that is going to hinder them it doesn't feel like that's going to hold them back from being one of the best teams in baseball i don't i don't get that (laughs) i don't either but like this was a team that just spent half a billion with a b on on players just just a few off seasons ago and didn't see that immediate return but baseball is like that you don't see an immediate return sometimes when you spend the money it takes a while for teams to galvanize and come together that's kind of what's been the most impressive thing about this diamondbacks team is with the additions that they brought on those additions have become such a part of this team including lourdes and this goddamn purple hair that i have and we're seeing on tv like other people out there in washington nationals there was a guy in a dodger or in a diamondbacks uniform with purple hair at the nationals game it's catching on that's it's, it's the lourdes guriel fever is is catching this country by storm but like the diamondbacks have done a good job at bringing a lot of parts together that weren't part of this team last year and those parts have been 
key to them being in the position that they're in right now. My number 10 team is uh, the Miami Marlins. And to be honest, at this point, I'm just like cycling through different teams. You're just throwing them up there. Just like giving them their, giving them their, their chance. I had the Mariners last year. Yeah. They had a bit of a rough week. I've had the Twins on there in the past. Uh, but the Marlins are Five 34 or and 28. I continue to be skeptical because uh, they've allowed like 30 more runs than they've scored. <laughs> but Luis Arise is hitting 400, and apparently that's that's all they need, I guess. Yeah, the, I man, the man hits 22%. 22% of his hits. Are hard hit 95 mile per hour x would be lower more 22 percent. that's crazy that that's is really cra- low that is yeah. crazy you very know low. so yeah i i i mean like i said i don't think their their success is very sustainable like winning close games and stuff like that but it's i mean i, I don't know how long, much longer they can keep doing it to where i have to give up that take like if they keep winning close games yeah. then i guess it is sustainable uh, but well and that's something that you could say about the diamondbacks at times because the diamondbacks haven't found like their thing that they're good at like when you look back at their wins there's not one thing that's always there mm. there's not one thing that always consistently gives them advantages advantages in games you could say that maybe a bit about their speed and their base running because we've seen that but the, even that is only when they're kind of a complete team yeah. when jake mccarthy wasn't up here it didn't feel like this team was stealing bases when corbin carroll wasn't allowed to go 100 there was no there was no chaos being created that's on true. the base path but uh there are some other teams that are kind of in weird positions as well especially good teams st louis cardinals 25 and 37 currently that's not good, Jesse. It's not uh, good. They no. would have to roughly win 62 of their remaining 100 games. In order- that would be in order to win 87 games, which is generally pretty tough to make the playoffs without Below winning that. at least 87 yeah. games. Yeah. Although they play in the Central. I was going to say, if there was a division to, yeah. <laughs> to be in, in that situation, I mean, maybe that Maybe the Central, the, the team that wins the Central this year is going to be like 82 and 80 or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's this narrative that the Cardinals are the most talented team in the central. And, and honestly, I kind of buy into that narrative. I think the Cardinals are the most talented team in the central and yet they lose every single day. (laughs) They have lost five games in a row. They've lost eight out of 10. Uh, and the Pirates aren't slowing down, even though they've lost to the well, A's. They've lost back-to-back, back-to-back back games, games to the A's, which is sort of the <laughs> definition so the Braves, of slowing so. down. Yeah, that's true. That's Braves true. Lost the Braves, yeah. to the A's. Teams or are, two, eight. No, that was back-to-back, yeah. Teams are teams are apparently losing to the A's now. Apparently, that's that's, a uh, thing. that's accepted that's in, a in thing. the baseball yeah. landscape now. Uh, but yeah, the Central is is just weird. Uh, the Central is is bizarre, yeah. and the Reds have Ellie De La Cruz, and I'm not entirely convinced that the Reds won't win this thing <laughs> yeah. when it's all said and done. It feels like everything's on the table. That comeback victory over the Dodgers was absolutely electric last Pretty night. Impressive. It's what put our Diamondbacks in the first place I mean, in the National League West. It gets back to what you were saying earlier about like where are the trade candidates because even like. The, the, the Cardinals, like you said, are probably the best team on paper and they're last in the division that people talk about some of the, like the potential trade candidates for the Reds. But like you well, said, but the Car- and, five games back. In the division. And the Cardinals aren't going to have some fire sale just yeah. because they don't make the division. Like they yeah. know You wouldn't they- think so. You wouldn't think so. You wouldn't but think I, so. But you I, listen, I listened to uh, the roundtable. It's one of the athletic shows uh, yesterday. And uh, they were talking about uh, the Cardinals trading one Paul Goldschmidt at Stop the it. trade deadline. Stop it. Power um, bat. Right-handed power bat, right? Uh, no, I, I mean, maybe uh, maybe it would make some sense for the Cardinals to not, not like sell off pieces, but maybe retool a little bit. They do have a bit of a traffic jam in their outfield, much like the Diamondbacks had and sort of still have. Um, so I, I could see the Cardinals selling off like a pretty good major league caliber player, but 
But yeah, by and large, I mean, none of those teams in the Central are are out of it at this point. I think they all could talk themselves into being able to win that division. Well, and, and that's the National League as a whole, right? I mean, look at your power yeah. rankings. Like, you're dangerously close to only having three National League teams on your power rankings. Yeah, I mean, it's like the, the Nationals probably not going to make the playoffs. The Rockies probably not going to make the playoffs. Is there any other team right now in the National League that is like completely out of it. Yeah, I no don't chance. Think so. well, yeah, like, it's crazy when you look at the standings because there's the Braves, but like all the best on paper rosters in the league or in, in the National League are like not playing well. Right. right. The Mets spent a whole bunch of money. Obviously, we already talked about the Cardinals. Thirty and thirty-one uh, and lost four straight. I mean, the, the Dodgers are are whatever. Like uh, they are injuries too. and and they but they've lost three straight. I don't know, but like the Padres, like they spent a bunch of money and obviously all those teams have like their problems, but. Yeah, Padres are on paper should have been very good. Padres are five games below 500 currently, and that's just crazy considering, uh, as Jesse pointed out in our notes, that they have a plus nine run differential. Yeah. Like still minus money, they, uh, minus odds too. Well, and I mean, some of some of their wins have been substantial wins, but they're just not winning consistently. And like, yeah, their offense shows up in bunches and then completely disappears. And I know that's yeah. something we've yeah. talked about with the Diamondbacks, but man, the Padres are even more frustrating if you're a Padres fan because that they're they're like again when you talk about the what 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 happens to an entire team when everybody can't hit? Well, that's the Padres at times, and it's it's. It's got to be frustrating considering the talent that they have in that dugout. Yeah. I mean, specifically with runners in scoring position, the Padres are like otherworldly levels of bad right now. <laughs> That's a big part of the, the issue. Yeah, I think had. I had seen a stat that no team ever has finished below 200 with runners in scoring position. And last time it was before the weekend, but last time I saw they were batting 196 with runners in scoring position. My so God. crazy. Uh, they are close to being, like you said, historically bad in uh with runners in scoring position. It's such a weird thing that happens on all-star teams like that because I have this theory that, again, and I we might have even talked about on the show, but like a lot of these guys were the best player on their yeah. team up until this point in life. And even when they reached the majors, they might have, like a Juan Soto, a Manny Machado, they might have still been the best player on their team even once they reached the major Juan league Soto level. Won a, won a- World Series MVP, didn't he not? Right. But then you get you get them together in this collaborated yeah. kind of like all-star team situation. Yeah. And it almost feels like they are all kind of letting the other – because they have so many other studs around them that they yeah. don't have to be the guy anymore. And I, I don't know if that impacts players. I don't know. I don't think that's the situation with the Diamondbacks when their offense all goes cold. So I think it's just this weird thing that happens in baseball where an entire team can kind of be in a slump. But – uh, I'm and glad. I'm glad they are struggling. Yeah. I'm uh, glad the Dodgers are struggling. They are. I'm glad they're all struggling. Like I mean, you look at Fernando Tatis and Juan Soto. Like they're they're still pretty young guys. So yeah, I mean, the the them struggling is like, ugh. I mean, it, I I have a hard time believing that this is going to be like this all year. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Yeah, that's yeah. like the sleeping giant problem there when it comes to them. And the same thing with the Dodgers when they get healthy. And even in the even in the meanwhile, the Dodgers are still winning games. They're still not awful. They're just not the Dodgers. You know, they're not 50 games above, you know, 500 by the end of, you know, June. But I I will say that the Diamondbacks do have an opportunity once again to really pounce on this division and and maybe do some things that even they weren't internally expecting to do this season with the way some of these other teams are going, especially the teams that spent a shit ton of money in the offseason. Like that feels just... That, that that feels so good. It feels so vindicating <laughs> to see that you can't just throw money at a problem and and have it have, and and have it work itself out. But if there's any sport that that is like that in, it's baseball. Yeah, yeah. Why I the mean, Rays I'll, are number one there? 
all those teams that spent a bunch of money or have spent a lot of money in recent years, they're, I mean, they're the teams that are kind of struggling the most. Like the Phillies have a really high payroll. They haven't been particularly good. And the Padres, as we discussed already. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's why teams don't do that. Like yeah. we've talked, we were talking yesterday about the Marlins and the way the Marlins kind of just abandoned their entire roster twice after they won a World Series. Like just bye. I mean, I, I, bye. Started, Jesse, I, I literally just started actually reading the book Moneyball. And like, I mean, one of the things I mentioned at like the very beginning of the book is like historically the teams that have spent a lot of money aren't, they're not always winning. Like it's, the Dodgers yeah. have always spent a lot of money and they've only won World one World Series recently. Obviously the Mets, the Yankees only won World War one World. Wow have won one World Series in the last 20 <laughs> years. That was a good yeah. yeah, one. Um, like the, these, spending money is really not like it's it's not the wave. It That's does right. not yeah. it does not translate to wins. And you're seeing That's that true. way worse than normal this season. But the teams that spent a lot of money are not are just not playing good baseball. Uh, when um, you, and when you talk about not playing uh, good baseball and spending a lot of money, Carlos Correa. Uh, is a great example yeah. considering he was the big offseason still, story. I, I still am not I'm not off the Carlos Correa train. No, I still I'm think not Carlos Correa that. is going to bounce back. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying Jesse. He was the he was the, yeah. the most highly coveted I, player during the offseason, right? He the teams were willing to literally break the bank on him coming in. You had two teams pass on him due to physicals, yeah. and now you're here. He is struggling this year and having issues with the exact foot that they were yeah. talking about and probably having problems with. I mean, it's a weird situation that you see in baseball you don't really see in other sports is like not everyone's making money like not everyone's making a lot of money so you get to these situations where these teams everyone's making a lot of money everyone knows the team's making a lot of money and they're expected to make a lot of money and then you run to teams like the a's who aren't and obviously the a's are not playing well this year but uh, recently teams have been losing to this team for no reason like <laughs> yeah. you come into the situation guys like the a's are like this these guys over here are making one person is making as much as our entire roster. There's a different, there's a different or energy entire coming. franchise. Yeah, there's a different energy <laughs> coming into that game where, or just into the season where it's like we have nothing to lose. Like we're not expected to to be good. Meanwhile, you look at these teams like the Mets and the Padres, who are, and they have a, a terrific amount of pressure on them from the fans, from the owner who is spending all this money. Um, especially a team like the Padres, who are not supposed to be spending this kind of money. Um, it's a it's a weird situation for those guys, especially once you start not playing well. That pressure compounds when you know there's a, there's been a lot of money invested in you. Well, just as everyone everyone expected, the best offseason free agent signing was probably Nathan Eovaldi yeah. of the <laughs> Texas Rangers. Everyone, everyone Exactly saw as that we drew coming. it up. <laughs> well, I, I know yesterday that it was regarded that the Lourdes Gurriel, uh, Gabriel Moreno trade might have been the best trade of the offseason. Yeah. So the Diamondbacks have that. And honestly, even if you can't quantify it on paper, still can't ever say how how important it was that they acquired a catcher after losing their catcher yeah wow. so, so true that's such a big it's such a big trade that that you, you where would they be right now i mean like would herrera be the starter if they wouldn't have gotten rid of dalton varsho he probably oh, would have true. had to yeah go, i forgot about that wow yeah which was obviously they did not want nobody <laughs> so, wanted yeah. that nobody been, wanted that, that. would have been a situation jose yeah. herrera and ali sanchez maybe although it would have been interesting because then you i mean it Got a lot of young people on that team, even more so than you have now. If that was the situation, Jesse just said those two names with the biggest grin, and I just I can't believe that that's actually probably what we would have I mean, been. It might have been, been what yeah, it was. I, it depends on how they would have how they would have played things with. Varsho. That's a much darker timeline. Although this team is still good in that situation, who who is the, the trade deadline becomes very interesting because now you're looking at yeah, that's catchers. a great point. It is, is really point. interesting to think about, like 
Like, where would the Diamondbacks be if they hadn't made that trade? I, I think we all are pretty much in agreement they would be worse off. For yeah, sure. significant, I would say, uh, yeah, significantly, probably worse significantly worse off. But and, like, and it just it just so checked a box, right? Like, because we talked about the yeah. core. Who's the core? What's the age of the core? Who are they going to pursue? Right? It's not to say Carson Kelly wasn't a valuable member of this team or isn't, but. Carson Kelly wasn't the future catcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He wasn't the catcher of the future for this team the way that Gabriel Moreno is. And it just feels like, man, you can you can sit there and look at a starting lineup. You can look at the nine positions and you can feel pretty good about the position players and checking off uh, maybe maybe a shortstop there for Aldo Perdomo being the shortstop of the future. And in the outfield, obviously, Corbin Carroll. And there could be a few other guys there that you say are the core that you build around. But Gabriel Moreno definitely gets penciled in yeah. as yeah. the catcher, um, catcher of the future. Breaking news, White Sox, Yankees, and Tigers, Phillies have both been rescheduled to Thursday. Mm. I, I believe Diamondbacks Nationals will be played. It's yeah. the report Jesse, Jesse's still confident about that. Uh, I think they Bob do play, Nightingale tweeted that out a little while ago. They, they do play the Tigers next, too. So I'm sure that's going to be cleared out by then. But that's just something yeah. to keep in mind. Uh, something for you to keep in mind is to check out our friends at OG's Brands because whether there is baseball being played or not, OG's Brands can just make your day better. Uh, they have a wonderful variety of flavors, doses, and strains to choose from. Uh, but, of course, they also have special edition sleep edition gummies, happy balance gummies, mixed bag fruit, fruits, creams, all that stuff. They have all sorts of wonderful special editions. So whatever you're looking for, whether it is a delicious flavor or particular strain, they have you covered. They also have their pink lemonade flavor dropping on June 21st. So check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can also check out their products at your local dispensary. Must be 21 years or older to purchase and must enjoy responsibly. The pink lemonade has to be fired. I'm so excited for it. That has I to mean, be I mean, they haven't missed out a flavor yet. And pink lemonade in, its, in and of itself is a great flavor of right. things. So I'm excited. When I was a kid, I was a huge sour candy fan. Yeah, I am and still the, a sour candy yes, fan. Yes, and the... Uh, like grapefruit uh, mm. sours and the and the pink lemonade sour is always a big favorite of mine. But uh, you guys need to make sure that you check out our friends also at Saturday Neon. Uh, you know you need a amazing collegiate neon sign for your garage, for your bar, for your space. Uh, and this company, started by two friends and former college roommates, make officially licensed collegiate LED neon signs. Whether you're a diehard fan or a casual supporter, you'll love the way these signs light up your space in Arizona colors. We all have these like Zoom meetings and stuff we all have to be a part of now. It's just part of regular life. And uh, you know you want your background looking much better than it does now. Jesse has a shower in the background of his. I don't know what's it going on. It is not there. a shower. But we, it, it is a closet, it's a closet that allegedly, unfortunately but... resembles a shower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, they're, they're shipped with everything you need to mount, power, and dim them, so the sign is easy to operate. And they have officially licensed uh, for 19 select schools, including Arizona, Colorado, Alabama, Wisconsin, Auburn, and many others. So go to SaturdayNeon.com and use code PHNX for 10% off your first order today. Free shipping for orders over $200. And, of course, they make a wonderful Father's Day gift. So check out Saturday Neon. Uh, and last, kids are out of school. Like I said, mine's going back before I know it. But in the meantime, I have to figure out something to do with her. And Octane Raceway and Mavericks is a wonderful place for them to have some fun this summer. Uh, starting now through July 31st, they have a summer engineering camp. Uh, partnered with Engineering for Kids, ages 7 through 15. Uh, we'll teach them all they need to know about engineering and give them lots of fun activities to do. They also have a Kids Bowl free program. Uh, children 15 and under are eligible for two free games per day from May 30th through August 4th. So check wow. that out. Book some fun this spring at Octane Raceway and Mavericks. Kart racing, virtual reality, laser tag, axe throwing, bowling, arcade, great food and drinks. I want to go over there right now. 
I'm like like, passes being yeah. under 15. Yeah, let's go. Uh, tons of different events throughout the summer. <laughs> Derek could definitely pass <laughs> yeah. being under 15. <laughs> I just got to shave this beard off, right? Just get rid of the gray and I'll be fine. But uh, check out OctaneRaceway.com and Mavericks.com to learn more. That's all we got, guys. Uh, it's great to have you guys back. Um, first of all, I want to say that. Uh, and it was great to have Jill Guerin on the show. So make sure to keep up uh, with everything involving uh, Jill. She's at Jill Guerin and you can follow the Vasily Rawhide at Vasily Rawhide. Uh, I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. This guy next to me is at Sean underscore deposit. Yes, uh, that guy over there is at Jesse N. Friedman, the one behind the computer. He's at Damon Dogs with a D-A-W-G and you still have to bark before you before you follow him. Um, but our show is at PHNX underscore d and all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We still have no idea if the Diamondbacks are going to play a game today. But Jesse, I think we do know. Jesse I think is we do very know. confident Bob that that's going to happen. Bob Nightingale tweeted that Diamondbacks Nationals will be played. That's right. So That's right. The way Jesse's saying, or the way Derek's saying that, it's like he wants Jesse to be wrong just so he can <laughs> yeah. bring it to the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't know, right. but Jesse over here is I, really convinced. I've Dude, been married for a long time. So, yes, absolutely uh, making someone seem wrong when they were so confident. Confident is a big part of my DNA. Gary Sanchez is currently doing that to me because this motherfucker's just hitting home runs all of a sudden. Again. Oh wow! He hit another home run with the Padres, and I'm wow. sick of it. I always I hate that motherfucker. I hate him. Okay. I just like him as a baseball player. <laughs> there you go. And that was uh, making me feel bad. He's he's like the he's like the Antonelli cheese shop he of is. players. He is the Antonelli <laughs> cheese shop of catchers. His defense was dog shit. <laughs> Would you like to explain that to the people, Sean? No, no, no. Well, I mentioned absolutely I mentioned it on the watch along before they've committed atrocities unspeakable uh, atrocities oh my God. and so i hate them for it <laughs> we're gonna be uh, in so much trouble with anti, the cheese people we are anti antonelli <laughs> i don't think they run that commercial anymore do you no know? i don't think oh, they did i, I think, think they got rid of them yeah well, while gone. we're saying stuff i don't think sweet james can dunk a basketball I, he cannot there's no <laughs> shot <laughs> not a shot throwing that out there anyway uh, we thank you guys for your time as always you guys are the best on behalf of this crew we appreciate your time and remember kids baseball is fun but it's so much more fun when Bob Nightingale says you're going to play baseball. <laughs> <laughs>